Welcome back to another episode of the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. Good evening, everyone. Your host, Dustin Lunt. Sitting across from me is my co-host. The great Fantismo. Oh, I like that. I, I I know that you're not supposed to give yourself a nickname, but I've always wanted you, somebody that to one call in particular. That. And I've been waiting for you to call me that for ages. Well, had I known that happened. was the nickname, I probably would have called you that. I can't tell you that. I probably you would have, have called to you say- that. That's, that's, I'm full of shit. I fucking knew it. <laughs> uh, I am Jake Drobridge, not the great Fantismo for now, and uh, we're doing this thing. We are. We're back here with the fourth week, fourth and final week of the positional recap from last year. Finishing off with the tight ends, because who doesn't like to finish with good tight ends? Oh. Hey, oh. Oh, boy. We're going to have to adjust the rating on this podcast. <laughs> but before we get into our favorite position, what are we drinking, Jake? We, you know, this is kind of a treat this week. Uh, in so much as I just learned, and I told you right before we hopped on here, that Trader Joe's apparently makes their own beer. And now I didn't know this. Now, hopefully for those of you out there listening, you have a Trader Joe's available in your area. Uh, because if not, oh, I feel bad for you. It's a wonderful place. It's kind of a it magical really place. And they have all the things you didn't think that they would have, such as this beer. We are having their stout uh, today. It is the Oatmeal Stockyard Stout. Mm-hmm. Oh, party fall. If it, if Which it, I just spilled half of on the table. Oh, uh, that is unfortunate. Yeah, Jake just spilled beer all over because he doesn't <sighs> know how to pour beer. I got so excited. You can't. You know, we're talking about tight ends, and then there's this new beer, and I just got excited, and some of it spilled over. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. You don't have to say anything else. I think our, uh, our listeners here get the visual of that in their heads. Look, if you have interacted with me on Twitter, you know that I can't be, be trusted with, with about anything. Uh, and, and I'm not the most responsible fellow. So um, I will enjoy the rest of this that made it into the glass. Yes. So this is a nice dark beer, as one would expect with a stout. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice tan head. Nice creamy tan head that sticks around. That's good. It, well, it smells chocolatey. Smell a little I chocolate. Think it smells that chocolatey. A little roasty. Maybe all my chocolate bits uh, came outside that the glass could be. and are on the table right now. I don't know. It's possible. It tastes pretty damn good though. First out, this is I would say like two steps better than a Guinness, in my estimation. Oh yes, yeah. It's it's a is dry stout. Mm-hmm. It's not not super thick and chewy. No. No, it's not thin either. No, no, it's 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 very drinkable, as it, most beers are. But I mean, it's not like a heavy 99%. stout where like you, you know, you're only like, oh, I can only have one of these because it's so thick. Like it's a very it's a very drinkable stout. Yeah, I mean, look, there are other better stouts out there, so I wouldn't go gaga. No, to it's get fine. This one into my mouth, uh, but I'm happy once it's there. Yeah, it's fine. Um, there's something. There's oh. a little something that I find a little off-putting. Uh-oh. Not bad, but just a Was little... Was it my description of it? It could no. just be my description of it, to be fair. I don't know. If you if you think of what it is, you there's should write the There's something the on the back end. Videos. I oh. find it just a little... 
<laughs> I, I, For those of you who I can't explain it, I don't have the words. That delightful face. He is uh, making the same face that a cat makes when they have a bit of fuzz stuck in their mouth. That was what just went on. Uh, that's kind of how it feels. It's just I don't know how to, to describe fuzzy? it. It's fuzzy in the back of the There's something there? there that just doesn't agree with my palate. Let's put All it right. that way. Okay. It's not a bad beer, but it's yeah. not a great beer either. Well, then I'm glad I spilled <laughs> some of it. Fuck this beer. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, it's good enough, especially good enough to get us through this tight end episode. Absolutely. But before well, it, it kind of sums up the tight end episode. It's like, it's not bad, but it's not great either. It's just, whole it just is. It's it a just fucking is. calamity. That's what it is. And that's what the tight ends are. That's so right. It's like we planned it. it yes. Yeah. Let's go with that. Mm hmm. Um, but before we get into the actual mm-hmm. tight ends, yes. we should get into our drunk, 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 hammered, drunk, 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 trade of the week. So this one comes from Twitter at the sports parlay. So he says, I traded Odell Beckham in a keeper league when he was a rookie. So five years ago. Yeah. For Terrence Williams and a third round pick the following year. He says, I still get chirped about it to this day. As you should. Yeah, you really, you really you should. should. Uh, I don't feel bad for you. No. Uh, especially, you know, I know he started slow his rookie season. But with how highly he was drafted, you would expect you would hold on to him for... He was not like a traditional rookie wide receiver where you know that you're going to have mm-hmm. to wait for those guys to pop. Right. Odell was a different kind of beast. Him and yes. Mike Evans both had that uh, that kind of clout coming into mm-hmm. the NFL. Mm-hmm. So do I feel bad? No, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of the drunk level, uh, you know, maybe they scarfed down like three of these stockyard oatmeal stouts before they did that. Maybe. Actually, probably piss pounded about twelve of them if you made that move. I'm yeah. sorry, Terrence Williams. Yeah, that's the guy that you and a third round pick. On? Don't oh. don't forget about the third round yeah. pick the following I, year. I apologize. <laughs> that was egregious. That was an oversight yes. on my part. You could have had one and a half Terrence Williamses by the end of this thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Not not good. Not so, good sports parlay. Thank you for submitting that. We do appreciate it. <laughs> we, uh, do. we do enjoy this trade. Um, you your league mates should never let you forget this trade. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is also the first time I've heard somebody use the word, uh, you know, chirped in that manner. Yeah. So that's a, that's a podcast first year as well. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that that into our life. (laughs) We'll use that Mm -hmm. uh, when discussing Odell Beckham pretty much henceforth. Yes. All right, so should we do this? Let's do this. Get into our We shouldn't sound so dejected about it. There I is know. a lot to talk about, there honestly. Is. There is. And I think more so than in previous years, we'd actually have things to discuss mm-hmm. about tight ends. Well, because we're finally getting, aside from the top three, the big three for the last few years, right. there's finally a lot of young talent getting infused to the position and infused to the league. Yeah. We depth. have a lot of expectations moving forward as opposed to just like, well, there's the top three, and it's a crapshoot for yeah. four to 20, basically. Yeah, roll yeah. the dice from here on out. We're, there's actually some good good talent there in the top 12. Oh, yeah. Love to use that Russell Wilson adage. Uh, that's right. chance that you get. So, number one, Travis Kelsey. 
not much to say there. He's a beast. He's, he's not going anywhere. No. This year. He's getting up there. He's going to be 30, I believe, this year. I think so, he's already 30. So, he, so he's kind of hitting that, quote unquote, plateau for, for um, age. Uh, for those ageists out there. Um, <laughs> but he's in the high-powered offense of the league. What's not to like? I mean, yeah. I don't see him dipping below number two on the season, barring, like, catastrophic injury or something. Yeah. He's going to be in that one-two discussion all next season. They'll probably be getting rid of Sammy. They'll probably mm-hmm. introduce a different uh, wide receiver mm-hmm. that could probably have more production than Sammy. So maybe if that's your concern, is like when they get a legitimate two-three option behind Tyreek. If that cuts in, maybe. But I, I mean, that much. I think it would cut into more of the McCall Hardman sure. his his targets as opposed to the Kelsey targets. Yeah, and you know Kelsey is going to get those red mm-hmm. zone targets, and he's been very durable. He hasn't missed time yet any significant time throughout his career. So I don't expect this to change over the next couple seasons, at at least. Yeah, and 30 at the tight end position is not like 30 at the wide receiver position. Um, Obviously, the physical demand is still there, but he's not really a field stretcher. No, and I mean, look at Jason Witten this year. He was a top 12 tight end at the age of a thousand spoiler alert (laughs) i know god uh yeah exactly so there's plenty of room for productivity Mm -hmm. i don't think we got to worry about it no uh number two is george kittle again not much to say there it's one of the best of the best of the best sir and with honors and even with that injury that he was slogging Mm -hmm. through was still still played through it for the most part and just balled out he'll be my vote for number one next yeah he's in that again conversation for now until the next probably eight, nine seasons in that conversation to be the number one tight end every year. Until he goes full Hulk Hogan one of these years, he's going to grow that skullet. Did you already see this year? He had like a variation of it. It was it was a little unsettling. It was. If I'm, if I'm honest. What, what I found most unsettling was that with the scraggly facial hair he's yeah. got going on there. Just get rid of the facial hair. Well, don't say that. Well, it just looks. Don't put that on him. You, do one or the other. You can't do both. <laughs> okay, can't be scraggly in both areas. Yeah, that's fair. George. But maybe that's his, his uh, key to his production is that he's, it's like Samson. You can't cut it because he'll lose all the production. He'll lose his superpowers. Or defenses are just terrified looking at that. Oh, like, that Look be. at him. He has no regard for his face. <laughs> he'll do anything. That uh, could be. And he will. But yeah, he's my pick for number mm-hmm. one. But obviously, if you wanted to put Kelsey right back right. up there. Nah. Exactly. Exactly. You're <laughs> splitting hairs at this point. For sure. All right. This is where things start to get a little bit interesting. Number three this last year was Darren Waller. Boy. Raise your hand if you saw that coming. Now put it down because you're a fucking liar. I was all in on, on the hype. I didn't expect him to finish so high. Yes. I was thinking top five, top six maybe, top half, you know, tight end one. Yeah. I was not expecting top three. I I, I I will not blow smoke and say that, but yeah. I did. I was in on the hype just based on, you know, all the smoke in the previous off season. Sure. Um, but the thing I, I want to bring forward to you is the first six of the weeks of the season, he was on fire, scored 105.2 points. And then in the last nine weeks of the season, only scored, only scored <laughs> 101.9. So he, so he, so he, he definitely tailed off the second, you know, roughly two thirds of the season. Yeah. That's what do you expect moving forward? Do you expect him to do the first first six weeks of the season, or do you expect more of like what happened the last nine weeks? 
I do wonder a little bit as the season wore on and we saw a Foster Moreau start to come on just a mm-hmm. little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't that he put up exceptional production, but he did get more looks. Right. And he looked good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rookie tight end, that was kind of his, you know, not even counterpart because they don't use a lot of two tight end sets, but um, he started to flash a little bit. And there was a lot of hype about him in the offseason rookie drafts last year uh, yes. about being a kind of more of the prototypical good move tight end so yes a little uh, bit more kelsey yes um and hunter renfro came on a lot Mm -hmm. at the end of the year Mm -hmm. um i think i saw somewhere that his last eight game pace uh basically coming out of the buyer or something close to that point he was on pace for like 100 targets and a thousand yards and eight touchdowns hunter renfro was converted uh, from tight end, I believe, in college at some point, right? Am I making that up? You could be. I don't know. Okay. I could be making <laughs> up, but I don't think that I'm making up it in this in this instance. But um, once he started to come on, too, it's almost like, oh, boy, now we have other options to go to. We don't have to force feed exactly. Darren Waller to get production. So it makes me a little nervous. I personally would not project him to finish third again next year no absolutely not and i could very well see if anybody's going to fall out of the top five i think it would be him Mm -hmm. not far probably and um you know hopefully the off the field stuff stays at bay and there's no concern for all that noise um but i think with the influx of the talent and we'll see what the quarterback deal well that i I feel like they're going to go after a wide receiver either in free agency or through the draft so that depending on who they get how is that going to affect it yeah the quarterback situation yeah there's some flux yeah but yeah i don't i mean he'll probably be top 12 i could see that again but oh yeah i don't think he'll fall outside of but uh, i'm just i'm just curious yeah i I don't i don't think he's gonna finish this high again or even top five i I would probably project him once i get around to that outside Mm -hmm. of the top five this next year yeah i think that's completely fair um this next guy i am not projecting outside of the top five for this year but i think the time is probably not far uh for zach ertz mm-hmm. who was the fourth mm-hmm. ranked tight end this season i feel like that's just a function that they have zero wide receivers to throw to so they have to throw it to the tight end yeah or tight ends plural yes spoiler as we will see so I if, mean, they, if they get that situation resolved with their wideouts, i don't know um, and and you kind of felt like it was almost a changing of the guard this year with Goddard and Ertz. I mean, I know Ertz still commanded a lot of the targets, and obviously he finished number four overall. And he but, finished strong the last couple games. But which Goddard is... just, he really came on this year and, and mm-hmm. balled out. So I don't know. That's, that's probably going to be one of the more trickier tight ends to project this uh, offseason. Especially like we're saying with the, with the wide receiver, what's going to happen with them? Who they bring in? Can they actually stay healthy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can anybody on that team stay healthy, mm-hmm. um, including Zach Ertz, mm-hmm. who played through some excruciating shit mm-hmm. uh, to close out the season? That was disturbed, like the lacerated kidney, right? Which is basically what Keenan Allen uh, yeah, went lost out his with season, for yeah. a year, uh, a few years back. Um, and something else, I think some rib issues and stuff. And and what a fucking beast. I say, no one can say he doesn't have guts and isn't, isn't playing for his team. No. He'll also be going into his age 30 mm-hmm. a season here. 
So when do we see his decline? He's not really in the mold of like the super athletic tight end. No, he's I, always relied on targets. I, he's been a he's been a ball hog just based mm-hmm. on injuries to the tight or tight ends to the wide receivers over the last couple seasons. Yeah. So we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. see. Yes. Um, yeah. All right. Next is uh, Mr. Breakout tight end himself. Number five is Mark Andrews. That's what they called him. Mr. Breakout tight end himself. Yeah. They couldn't fit it on a jersey, which was the only uh, sticking point. Otherwise, you would hear people calling him that a lot more. Well, that's my tailor-made jersey from NFL.com says that. It's his number with Mr. Does it go up and down both arms? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's nice. It's, it's terrific. I have to do like a macho man <laughs> holding my arms out. So people can read it, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's worth it. Oh, totally worth it's it. It's more than worth it. <laughs> but Mark Andrews, I don't know what to do with him next year. Mm-hmm. And I'm really concerned. And so I, I really want to gauge. Do you think that a his quarterback can sustain that crazy high touchdown rate? No. Okay. So then, by default, doesn't Mark Andrews taper off a little bit? Does he concern you in that way? Um, I. Th- think he he could um just pulling up my tight end statistics here um, oh mr fancy pants uh, the tight end statistics i know i was just looking at his points per week i feel like it, it could taper off there's probably there's probably gonna be a little bit of tapering off there let's be honest um but their run game was also very efficient with mark ingram and obviously lamar rushing the ball as well does that take a step back this year now that they've got a full year of defenses have a full year of tape and a full offseason to be able to adjust to that style of offense um it's possible we've seen it happen before right. where defenses adjust to the the super mobile quarterbacks mm-hmm. but we've also seen it go the other way where they they can't right i mean we saw it with colin kaepernick um who sustained it a little bit more yeah, i say lamar could be breaking the, the mold as well with quarterbacks and in his athletic ability so i i would expect some regression for andrews you know, barring any sort of like wide receiver injury or something like that, where kind of like the Philadelphia situation where he just gets force fed the balls. So over under seven touchdowns for him next year. Um, how many did he, he had, have? He had ten this year, which to me seems that's high. I would. That's a good line. I would probably give the over slightly. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'll hit that that double digit touchdown again but i could see him having that seven eight right in that range that's a good line and we'll see what they do too with their wide receiver position Mm -hmm. as well um obviously they had two rookies this year Mm -hmm. that were the basically the focal points Mm -hmm. of that uh including and then this young tight end second year Mm -hmm. tight end so that whole offense is super young besides old man ingram basically Mm -hmm. carrying up the rear uh good job mark marky mark um, but yeah, I would expect that he probably regresses just a little bit. He did almost hit 100 targets this year, though, which mm-hmm. I did not realize. So, yeah, that's fun. All right, so number six, Austin Hooper. Again, number Hoop six dreams. for the second year in a row. Yeah, just Mister Consistency here. Um, could have been number one. Could have been. He was number one for the first like eight, nine weeks of the season. Until he got injured, injury. Yeah. Uh, which is unfortunate because uh, I was really 
taking victory laps with him during that time. But uh, and there were big victory yes. laps. I mean, they were wide oh, circular yeah. victory laps. You were you were winded, but uh, I think you would have done it absolutely uh, all day long if I hadn't gone pulled you off the track. Absolutely. Yeah. So we basically know that he's probably not going to end up with Atlanta. Uh, since he's a free agent this year, Atlanta it said, seem like it. basically, go ahead, test the market. We're not going to pay you what you're going to command. Not saying he can't end up back there, but it's not looking that way. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of suitors for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is a lot of good landing spots that there's he could go. some real bad landing there, spots. Absolutely. And a lot of them are the names that have been <laughs> tossed out already. So right now they're talking places. And this is all very preemptive because mm-hmm. they can't even begin negotiations. Yeah, yeah we've yet. got a couple weeks before free agency opens here. So, but some landing spots that I've seen tossed out: Green Bay, Chicago, mm-hmm. Washington. Mm-hmm. Those are three of the big ones that have kind of come up routinely. Do any of those give you uh, excitement for him? I think that would all hurt his production. Um. Maybe not Washington. I think that's that, the best. That might watch. be the best of those three, honestly. Um, but I think he would still take a hit with his production, mm-hmm. uh, which is really unfortunate because I fucking love him. He's shown improvement every single year he's been in the league. Yes. Um, he, he's very much under the radar tight end. Like he's just consistent. Uh, aside from this year, he doesn't really get injured. And even right. then, he was only out like game and a half or something like he didn't miss a ton of time he didn't so he was slow coming back which hurt his overall finish here um but yeah okay am i crazy but isn't the best landing spot to just go back to atlanta it is but if if you know you only get one chance to really get paid oh for sure and i don't begrudge i think that's probably more the the issue than anything else Mm -hmm. is like hey i gotta get paid and it's a weak tight end Mm -hmm market right out there it's him and hunter henry which it sounds like hunter henry might get franchise tagged i heard today Mm. Uh, so there's a chance he could be off the market interesting yeah okay well then it's a real slim pick Mm -hmm. in the tight end and look for my homerism i hope that uh, the packers get him and they can utilize two tight end sets with him and jay sternberger that would be great jimmy graham get the fuck out well Uh, he's pretty much for sure a goner yeah good and he's not on this list. We're not even going to talk about him That's today. right. Other than that. Yes. So number seven, Jared Cook. Not much to say about him. I mean, he had an okay season. Uh, kind of came on late, kind of when Breeze came back after his injury is uh, when he really got involved. He's going to be there another year. Breeze is going to be back. He'll probably finish in this range, the 7 to 10 range. Uh I don't have much more to say about it. <laughs> I think with with Cook, the only the only thing to monitor is Alvin Kamara was also down for a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but obviously, Teddy Bridgewater being in there did throw things off, like you said. So it's a uh, it's curious. I suspect that Kamara will get a lot more of the receiving work uh, closer to what he did the year prior, which could mean fewer targets for Jared Cook. And God help them if they finally add a true wide receiver too. Uh, th- I, that was the next point I was going to bring up. We'll be, it'd be interesting to see if they actually do that. Yeah, I, I hope for them they do because they need somebody. Mm-hmm. All right, number eight, uh, Tyler Higby. Surprise, I think for everyone that he finished this high. Um, interesting fact. He scored 59.5% of his points in the last four weeks of the season. Oh, yeah. I know a lot of people are very high on him moving forward. 
and with this Rams offense and they're doing more of the 12 personnel, it scares me that almost two thirds of his production came in four weeks. But I mean, it came at the expense of his fellow tight end. So once Gerald Everett, you know, was was knocked out there for a while. Mm-hmm. Then he stepped up, and Everett had been doing an incredible job. Right, and I he think he's really more good. of the prototypical tight end. He's the one that McVeigh drafted in the first year that McVeigh took over as coach. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Everett is the guy that they want, but sure. I don't know. I just I don't see this happening again for Higby. I really don't. It's a, it's too bad too. Because if you were lucky enough to get him on your squad, he was the tight end one for the last mm-hmm. seven weeks of the season. We talked about it in our Name That Player episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so he has the talent to do it, and that system is so lined up for tight ends all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe partly because Brandon Cooks was bad right. and the O-line was bad, and so they needed the short middle of the right. field stuff more than ever. Right, and Gurley wasn't in nearly as much or involved in the passing game as much. So, yeah, yeah maybe it was a function of just how the offense was operating, but I just I just don't see it. Oh, yeah, if, if anybody on this list can easily fall out of the top 12, it's him. Oh, that would be the one for sure I would. He's the Phoebe Buffet of the group. He just pulls right out. It doesn't <laughs> even matter. Oh, don't you say that about Phoebes. You know it's true. You no, know in your not. heart it's true. It is not. She's true. not related to anybody. She didn't go to school with anybody. She lives the furthest away. Pulls right out. Antonia. Mm. Different episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Hunter Henry. Let's yes. talk about him. We Comes already hinted at him. So number nine on this list, and if he's going to get franchise tagged and go back there, he'll be going back there without Philip Rivers. Right. And. They are insistent they're going to rely on the quarterbacks that they have there. They're pleased with the quarterback room they have. Uh, I I think that's smoke. Coach speak? They're either going – well, I think they're either going to attack the draft and draft a quarterback with one of, with their high pick or maybe move up to get one of the, the elite quarterbacks in this draft. Yeah. Or they're going to get one of the multitude of quarterbacks that's available in free agency. I would actually like to see Andy Dalton there. I think he would be an incredible fit for the Chargers. I think that would be a really good fit for them. I don't know that that will happen. And to be fair, I kind of want Tyrod to have another moment in the sun. Well, he really got hosed there with Buffalo because he <sighs> took him to the playoffs. He did so well, and then they just like, yeah, see ya. He did so well with nobody there. So and that was he, the thing, with no one. <laughs> if he gets a team that already has Keenan Allen, Mike mm-hmm. Williams, and Hunter Henry, right. One thing Austin he never Eckler. had was a tight end there, really. <laughs> and, he had Charles Clay. That was right. his tight end. So if you give him somebody, yeah, an Eckler. But the Hunter Henry of it all, I don't know that he is so talented that he can overcome whatever quarterback they throw at him. Right. But also if the offensive structure remains there, tight end is still a focus. Mm-hmm. But it's not the focus. It's not. Uh, you know, it's not the end-all, be-all. It's not like with Carolina where the focus there for so many years was Greg Olson and just get mm-hmm. Greg Olson the ball. Right. Hunter Henry's not that. And Mike Williams is there who cut into each other's uh, workload a little. Well, and I would really like to see Hunter Henry stay healthy for an entire season as well, which he has yet to do, <laughs> uh, which is concerning. I mean, he's got mm-hmm. all the talent in the world, but he just, no, oh, he's he's injured until he's not. Yeah, he's got some uh, some injury bugs, mm-hmm. let's call them. 
uh, not injury prone because we hate using that. Yeah. I hate using that phrase, especially, but it's not great. No. All right. Um, let's talk about Dallas Goddard mm-hmm. at number 10. Yeah, our second Philadelphia tight end here mm-hmm. in the top 10. Uh, crazy that two tight ends in the top 10. You'll see that with like wide receivers occasionally, mm-hmm. but tight ends? Really? Almost never. Yeah. That's... Like, not since Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez do right. I believe that there has been two in the right. top ten. I could be crazy wrong on that. Somebody could fact check me on that. But uh, I believe. I, I, will, I would put money on that. All right. Um, but the question, again, then, a holdover from your other mm-hmm. question about Zach Ertz, is it just a function of them having nobody to throw to? Right. He looked good. Yeah, well, obviously, top 10. I to mean. my untra- Yeah, but you can get top 10, I think, just by a function of target share. You don't have to be that great to get it. But he was drafted fairly high. Correct. You know, so he's got the draft capital. They act- obviously liked him enough to, to, to move up in the draft to draft him. The, well, I mean, they jumped ahead of the Cowboys Dallas, really yeah. just for spite right. purposes. Let's be- <laughs> but it worked out. Because they have this guy who is the natural heir mm-hmm. here. Whenever Ertz is done, mm-hmm. Goddard is going to be that right. guy. So do you feel like Philadelphia can support two tight end ones again next year? Uh, short answer is no. Nope. I, I do think it's mostly the function of the lack of receiving options, mm-hmm. including running back receiving options. They had Boston Scott kind of in the mix. Miles Sanders was okay at that um, and so there was nobody really. Mm-hmm. They just funneled everything through the t- the, the tight ends because you had to, and it was great. They were but as they soon were throwing just Joe Blows out there, just hey, go run routes, catch balls. Like we need someone. Well, I don't know if you watched the All or Nothing show on I Amazon. I have not yet. I first of all highly recommend it. It was the recap of the Eagles season mm-hmm. this year, and there was a point in I think it was like week ten or eleven, just guys decimated. And and poor backup quarterback over on the sidelines is like, hey, go get my helmet. Go get my helmet. They might have to put me in at wide receiver. Are you kidding? The 40-year-old Josh McCowan is ready to jump Ultimate in at receiver. Player. Ultimate <laughs> team player, but also speaks to exactly where they yes, were at in exactly. terms of their roster. It was real bad. Um, I think Dallas Goddard will be really good for fantasy this year and will be great at some point in the near future. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it happens so Outside the top 12, though? Would you say top 15, maybe? I would say top 15. All right. Yes. That's comfortably. Fair. Comfortably. All right. Number 11, the ancient one himself, Jason Witten. Um, Woof. Is he going to play again? Is he going to retire? That's the big question. It's not looking good. Right now, <laughs> the reports that I saw today said it would be a reach to get him back in Dallas, which good. Thank God. He just needs to retire because, really, I want Blake Jarwin's season to take effect here. So bad. I have a lot of hopes for him. I have a lot of shares of him. I have I have a number of shares as well, so that's part of my reason. But yes, it's in, selfish. In his I opportunities, I mean, I suppose we can talk about it now since we're talking about it. Yeah, uh, he in. finished 28 this last year. Um, he flashed in the times that he was on the field, mm-hmm. um, kind of. It seemed like they were not phasing Witten out, but he needed more rest, maybe. So, yeah, because his old so bones Blake couldn't was, handle it. You know, playing, getting more snaps, and he had a couple really, really nice games. Uh, it feels like he fits that system really well for Dallas. Well, it fit the old system. Here's right. my question: 
is we can talk a lot about this um, with Jason Witten being as mm. old as he is, and he still scraped his way into the top 12, which, I mean, kudos, I guess, just for being able to pull that off. But now there's a new regime in town. This is true. And now it's the Mike McCarthy era mm-hmm. in Dallas. And do you subscribe to the Green Bay curse of tight ends where they never utilize them, it seemed, uh, that, that tight ends obviously didn't get fantasy production, mm-hmm. not since the days of Jermichael Finley. Um, otherwise, it came in short bursts from various guys that mm-hmm. they pulled in. Richard Rodgers had like a tight end 11 season right. randomly, but otherwise it was sparse. Um, well, um, Kellen Moore is still there, offensive coordinator from last year. Yes. So there's that consistency there. I have a feeling Mike will probably, you know, he's he's done all of his film study, but I, I, so I would have to think if he's keeping his the offensive coordinator from the previous regime, mm-hmm. that he liked what he saw from him, maybe as far as like some play calling or schemes or something like that. Yeah. So he's going to incorporate some of what they already have in place with his new ideas for playbook. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a feeling there's going to be some some overlap there and some consistency from previous season. That would be good. It would be good for everybody. I mean, it tempers my expectations a little bit, but I mean, I I do. If Blake gets the opportunity, I feel like he can produce. I agree. It it always scares me when new regimes come into Mm -hmm. teams where a guy is undrafted too, Mm -hmm. because then there's just no being beholden to him at all. Mm -hmm. So Blake Jarwin was an undrafted guy, 2018, 2017, somewhere around there, one of those years. Mm -hmm. But so there's not a lot of clout. With him, that's the only thing that makes me nervous. I think from a pure talent perspective, though, like the dude look, mm-hmm. he, he can hang, let's just say. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be interesting to see if he gets the chance. Yeah. And then rounding out our top 12, Mike Gusecki, one of the few bright spots on the Dolphins. One of the few. You know, I'm going to go ahead and, and disagree with you there. You don't feel like that was a bright spot? Finishing top 12? No, I think he was a bright spot. I think there were multiple bright spots this year. I said there was a few. Okay. okay. I didn't say he was the lone bright spot. Come on. Okay, okay. But there's a few on every team. True. I mean, I don't feel like that's a very strong way of putting it. All right, fine, fine. But yes, he was a bright spot. Mm -hmm. He stepped up this year. Second year. Right. So my question is, he really came out in the second half of the season. Once Fitzmagic was entrenched as the starter. Once he got that Preston Williams went down uh, with injury. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know we saw Devante Parker still have an amazing season, and this was concurrent with that. Yes. But is this the reality? Is he going to be more involved and consistent? Or is this more of a mirage where there it was maybe they just kind of caught lightning in a bottle? won some games that second half of the season and were playing better than maybe they should have? I don't know. Well, I think we can all agree that that was... They were playing better than their fans wanted them to at the end. You know, this whole tanking for two a situation that did not pan out because Ryan Fitzpatrick was doing a great job. He was doing Fitzmagic things. He's a leader of men, and he led those men, including Mike Gesicki. Sorry, not... I think I get him confused with Johnny Galecki mm-hmm. every once in a while. You ever do that? You ever just confuse him with old Johnny Galecki? I don't. Uh, okay, just me. But, but Mike Kosicki, it was partly a function because Preston Williams went down mm-hmm. halfway through the season. And who was the one-two punch there? It was Devontae Parker and Preston Williams mm-hmm. to start things. 
but then the quarterback, you know, thing in and out with Josh Rosen didn't help. I think that Mike Kosicki will be a very great dart throw for your fantasy team mm-hmm. next year. But whether he actually makes like that third year leap into a top ten kind of thing, I don't I, know that I can see it. I think I think what we saw that second half of the season is reality. He was drafted very high. Hmm. I believe he was a second round pick last year. It notoriously takes tight ends, you know, to their third, fourth season to really produce. He had all the measurables coming out of the combine. Like he he was one of the top rated tight ends of that class. Mm-hmm. So I think this is the real deal. Um, it seems like they figured out how to use him. Where year one, they had Adam Gaze there. Boo. I know. It just it ruins all, all NFL fantasy players. Relevance. Just all NFL players. Let's yeah. put it that way. <laughs> That's true. Um, so and I, I really like what this coaching staff is doing with the team and they got them playing hard and believing and buying in. I, I think this is reality. I think he's going to be in the top 12 again. I'm not going to say he's going to finish top mm-hmm. five or anything crazy like that, but I feel like he will be someone you can rely on week in and week out to put Ooh. up consistent numbers. He, okay. he may not give you like those huge boom weeks, like the Kelsey or Kittle weeks. Right. But I, I feel like he's going to have a nice solid floor this next season as well. But you think, like, he is a guy where you'd be comfortable. Let's just ask it this way. If you only have one tight on your tight end on your roster, are you comfortable with that guy being Mike Gusecki for your fantasy roster next year? If, if I was punting the tight end position until late in the draft, mm-hmm. and we're talking strictly redraft here, sure. yeah, I would be fine with that. Wow. See, yeah, I would, I would not be even close to comfortable with him. Again, I really like him as a dart throw kind of prospect because there's that there's a group of them and we'll talk about some more but there's a group of these guys who they have the tools the situation looks about right where they can burst but he is actually lower than a lot of the guys that we'll we'll talk about here in just a minute i could i actually want to beer bet this with you okay what is the bet you know we haven't had one in this this whole uh non-seasons to this point no, so we, we need a remedy that well besides that that misbegotten train uh beer bet yeah you, that who, wasn't who doesn't know meat virginia honestly uh <laughs> but but people that don't let us listen to train apparently yeah, 90s pop rock, dude. Just, God, come on back. But Mike Gusecki, I will venture, will finish outside the top 15 next year. Outside the top 15? Yep. I will take that. Okay. Mark it down. I'm I'm pulling up the spreadsheet right here to put it in. <laughs> Good. Good. I want this on record. Today is whatever day it is, whatever day you're listening to it. No, see, you ruined the movie magic of it. Now they know when we actually recorded it. I like them to think that we're recording it as they're listening to it, you know? And you ruined the illusion. You pulled back the curtain, and now people know too much. So, Jake says, Mike. We'll give give an injury. (laughs) We'll give an injury discount. We'll finish outside. Top 15. Top 15. Has to play, Too let's dead. say, 14 games to give you that buffer. Plays 14 games minimum. Yep. But if he plays 14, no turning back. All right. All it's right. in the books. All right. Sounds good. Mm. Mm. Did it. Yep. 
if, 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 I, lose, if I lose, uh, I'm going to leave this beer here and I'm going to have to lick it up <laughs> off the table. That's, <laughs> okay, that part is not sincere. Right. Uh, but, but I do have a lot of hopes for some of these other guys that were mm-hmm. – uh, let's just get into some of these these kind of randoms, right? Because anybody outside the top twelve mm-hmm. at the tight end, pretty much a random at this mm-hmm. point. Uh, Noah Fant mm-hmm. finished number sixteen. Right. I have big big hopes for Noah Fant next year. Big hopes meaning where is he going to finish? Meaning top ten. Okay. For Noah Fant, he he and T.J. Hawkinson are the studs of this draft mm-hmm. class. They were drafted first round to teams that needed somebody mm-hmm. and I think can utilize them pretty well still a little bit of a question mark with, with Hawkinson in Detroit and how much Stafford uses tight ends or doesn't with the whole Ebron situation right but I Hawkinson we have to agree better than Ebron yes mm-hmm. Fant better than pretty much any tight end they've had in Denver for let's say the last four years absolutely so and they don't have a true number two wide receiver yet. Yet. There. Not to say they won't add one in the draft. They probably will. But Fant looked good. Yeah, I don't know. he, you he definitely came on the second half of the season. Um, I, I think he can do it. I don't know if it's going to be this next year. I have questions about their quarterback. I don't know if Drew Locke is the answer mm-hmm. moving forward. I just I don't necessarily trust that he he's going to improve greatly. I know they drafted him fairly high and and they put a lot of draft capital in him, but they seem to do that with quarterbacks every year there in Denver and it hasn't worked out so far. So I have reservations about that. (laughs) Um, And if, if he and the offense can kind of take a step forward, Mm -hmm. but I mean, he's fans got all the talent. It seemed like he had the yips though early in the season and couldn't hold on to balls and catch them. But like I said, he came on the second, you know, half of the season or so uh definitely looked much better top 10 i mean i don't know if i can get on quite get on board with that but it's not out of the realm of possibilities mm-hmm. um i guess we'll just have to see if if they're able to take that step forward because the rookie running or excuse me rookie running backs, rookie tight end situation we know it's often not pleasant mm-hmm. uh no position probably goes under more growing pains mm-hmm. than the tight end position um so yeah it's fair to say Will he even get over all of that in year two? It's possible he does not. Mm-hmm. I think what you saw from him down the stretch, though, looks like a guy who kind of took shit on his shoulders a little bit more towards the end of the year and withdrew Locke in, played pretty goddamn well. I mean, his first game with Drew Locke, he put up that monster four reception, 113-yard, mm-hmm. one-touchdown game. Obviously, that's not going to be the norm. Uh, and... And you shouldn't expect that, nor am I advocating that. But I do think that he has uh, a good possibility. In fact, I just realized he had two games with over 100 yards as a rookie I mean, tight which end. Which is great. That's incredible. That's mm-hmm. that's impressive. And I don't think he has to rely on touchdowns. That's why I like him. Most tight ends, almost all, you're reliant on tight ends mm-hmm. to some extent. He did all this with three touchdowns, um, and I think. He, he can do a lot with a little next year. Mm-hmm. All right. Next on our list, we have Evan Ingram. Good came right. in at 18. I think the big question is, can he stay healthy? And can he stay in New York? There's talks about trading him. Uh, I don't know. I suppose if they if they really like who they've got, their, their backup tight end there. I mean, he did show well, well 
this Caden year. Caden Smith looked good. Um, yeah. Maybe. I mean, they still have Ingram on the rookie contract, though, for another year. I think this is going into his year four. Correct. So they've got him for this year at least on a very inexpensive deal. I, I don't see them trading him. They honestly, also unless they were to get like a haul for it. Yes. Where it's one of those things like we can't possibly pass this up. Because they mentioned issues about him staying mm-hmm. healthy. That's part right. of the reason they talked about putting him on the trade block is because they don't know if he can mm-hmm. stay healthy, which is really scary. Yeah, I mean, if your team's saying that, but he he is a beast when he's out there and he's healthy. Like he produces like no one's business. So, like I said, if he can stay healthy, I think he's a lock for top ten. Um, but he's like yeah, that Hunter we just Henry at this point. Yeah, we, exactly. we almost never get to see it. You almost forget about him mm-hmm. because he's so rarely on the field mm-hmm. for any consistent stretch. And then it's it's that off and on, off and on. Do you even trust him in the first game back? No. Not really. Probably not, and so you don't play him that mm-hmm. game. And then, well, then he's probably injured halfway through the next game, and then he goes out and in and out of your lineup. From a fantasy perspective, I'm kind of just out because I still Unless think his asking price is too high probably. Yeah, I would say if he were to some reason slip really late in, in a draft, mm-hmm. I would snag him up. But uh, at, at what he's – you're going to end up probably having to draft him at, I'm staying away from it this year. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, All right. So coming in, number 20, our next one we want to talk about is Janu Smith. I love Janu. I know. I'm a big fan too. Janu, you my boy. So I guess the big question is, will Delaney Walker be back? Or is he going to be a cap casualty? Be- or will he be at the nearest nursing home sitting right. down Jello? Well, that's... he wants to play. I'm sure he does. I just saw a report recently where he's like, "I want to come back. I want to play this next season." So he, ha- uh, Delaney Walker, has an eight million dollars salary with only a one point six seven million in dead cap. So very cuttable salary. They'll save you know six and a half million dollars. And they have people to pay on that team right. that are not Delaney Walker. Yes. You so I feel needs. like that that's going to happen, just mm-hmm. given Delaney Walker's age, unless he comes back for like a veteran minimum, essentially. Maybe an Antonio Gates situation. Right. right. Or if maybe it's an incentive-laden deal where like the base contract is peanuts, but then you hit you know certain right. thresholds. You if can you make stay on the field for more than 18 minutes, yeah. <laughs> then you get an extra $20. Right. And for every catch, you get an extra 4 you know that's the kind of mm-hmm. the kind of bare minimum contract they'll probably put him through. But I have no faith in him staying healthy. No, I have no faith in him even being with the team in general. But um, but Janu looked so fucking mm-hmm. good and fast. And if for a if, tight if end. that offense can stay together with Henry Tannehill, you got the two young wide receivers. Although I've given up on Corey Davis personally. Same. But then, but. He still has that draft capital. He's young. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll have the fifth-year breakout like Parker and Perriman. Uh, we don't know. But then with Smith there, I feel like that offense could do special things again this next year, especially how they're built with their offensive line. Um, yeah. I don't probably not project him to be in the top 12 as a tight end one, but he'll be flirting maybe just outside the top 12. Like He'd be a good yeah. second option. I can see um, that. I think personally he'll finish higher than Gesicki, <laughs> as we've discussed. Um, do, how much of his finish do you think relies on Derrick Henry being there or not? Do you think that's a big piece for him? It could, um, just because their offense does rely a lot around that running game. 
and it all goes through Derrick Henry. Uh-huh. Where if they didn't have that running game that defenses had to, you know, crash the box for right. to open things up then for the tight end and wide receivers, I don't know if that offense works quite as well. So I think Derrick Henry being there plays a bigger deal than on a normal team, I guess you could say. Yes. And I can see the flip side, too, of, well, if Derrick Henry's gone, maybe the goal line work goes a little bit more to Janu, mm-hmm. and, and you can hope for that. Uh, but I that's also the a offense would move quite as well. Agreed. Agreed 100%. All right. So next, uh, TJ Hawkinson came in at 31. Uh, I think we both agree flashed great early in the season. Yeah. Caught a case of the yips. Stafford went out. He had garbage quarterbacks throwing to him. And I say garbage quarterbacks. I mean, they're better than I would ever be. So they're garbage for that. the NFL. You don't know that. You haven't tried it. This is true. You could be better. You I, could throw that football over the mountains. Pretty much guarantee I'm not anywhere near <laughs> there. So they're garbage for the NFL and for fantasy purposes. Sure. Yes. So, there we go. Good distinction. Uh, yes. Yeah. I'm not trying to besmirch any NFL quarterback or any NFL player, period. I.e. don't hurt us. Don't come yes, to our exactly. town and hurt exactly. us. Exactly. You probably could. Uh, but Hawkinson, I think we can both agree, mm-hmm. has a super bright future. Absolutely. And we haven't seen by far the best of what he can offer, even on that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether they utilize the tight end right or not, he's the guy who would break that mold for me. I like to think that they can utilize him properly. Second year in the offense, you know, as we've said it before, young rookies, they take time. No matter how highly drafted, they usually take a few years to, to really find their footing and adjust to the NFL. So uh, I have high hopes for him. Again, top 12, maybe not this next year. It could happen, but probably not this year. It might be another year or two before he kind of takes that next leap up into the top 12. I could see that. I personally, again, would put him right with Fant at that lower half of the top 12, I think, for next year. Uh, I think both of them, just situationally, are set mm-hmm. up really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, for Hawkinson, it's just a matter of like how many touchdowns does right. Galladay take away from right. him. Right. Is he involved in the uh, – how mm-hmm. how is he a target hog or is he more reliant on the touchdowns? Yep, yep. Does he have to break off a couple of 60-yarders, which I think he could do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, I think he could do Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Dawson Knox, number yes. 32. I put him I'm on very the, curious about your thoughts. I'm very – I get a lot of blood flow when I start thinking about <laughs> Dawson Knox. I'm not going to lie. No, I noticed. Uh, the, the table has actually tilted upward just a little bit, and my beer is spilling off. Yes. No, I, I really like him. He flashed really well. Um, it was unfortunate he got dinged up a little bit this last season. Um, again, rookie tight end. I think he was drafted in the third round of the draft last year. Yep. So, you know, he's got a decent amount of draft capital, which which you like to see. Um, and I just, I don't know. I really like him. I like the offense that he's in. Uh, he's a good kind of short route uh, player for um, Josh Allen, which I really like. Agreed. Because they do have the big burners. Um, although Cole Beasley is there, so maybe that takes away a little bit. But I feel like he can be a good <laughs> red zone target. Um, again, stays healthy. He's young as he acclimates more to the NFL. I think he he could be a very productive tight end. I, I fully agree. And Buffalo was in dire need mm-hmm. of a at least moderately athletic tight end mm-hmm. to finally come in there instead of just a warm body. And he is more than a moderately athletic mm-hmm. tight end. The dude is is 
from like a pure uh, measurables stance, mm-hmm. I think he was the best uh, out of the top round. Mm-hmm. of tight ends that were drafted because there is a lot of day two tight ends mm-hmm. that i'm really excited about oh absolutely um, i mean there's plenty that we're not talking about right you know there's sternberger there's irv smith there's josh oliver yeah i mean there's uh, a lot of kahale warring mm-hmm. all these guys a lot of them missed time so that's why we didn't even they, they didn't even flash because right. they weren't given a chance at all but a lot of these guys i'm very excited about mm-hmm. like i'm going hard in the paint to get these guys on my teams uh, for dynasty purposes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just like collecting as many as I can, like pogs. Like mm-hmm. I just want them all. Because <laughs> you don't have to spend more than the third round pick to right. get any of these guys. Dawson Knox is probably going to be the hardest to get because right. he actually had some production mm-hmm. and, and he has something on tape to have people who right. did flash. Um, and again, just athletically. Mm-hmm. Mwah. Um, and I don't do that very often at all, but I had to do it just there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm actually very psyched for him as well. All right. And then the last tight end we'll talk about here and, and round out the uh, episode. Um, probably one of the more intriguing ones to talk about here on the list. Finished at way down at 72 overall. Ian Thomas. Yeah. But now that Greg Olson is gone. That Albatross is out of Carolina. But- what's going to happen? I think that team's going to implode. That's <laughs> what's going to happen. I, I'm nervous about that whole team. I well, do like Ian Thomas. It sounds like Cam's going to be back, and they're going to stick with him this year, from the sounds of it. I it mean, just nothing's seems so guaranteed at this point. But. It's, or faint-hearted the way that they described mm-hmm. it. You know, the, worded, the wording was not like, Cam is our guy. We're, we're going for this. It was more like... I think they even said at one point, like, who, well, I don't know, how's he look? How healthy is he? It's like, well, that's not the kind of confidence no. that I want from you. The one thing I I do like for this offense, other than they're getting an offensive-minded coach now, mm-hmm. is that their defense looks to be in a bit of a rebuild. So that Fair. means the they're probably going to be playing from behind more often, which means more offense on the field, more throwing downfield. That's true. Which could mean more targets going to the tight end. Cam loves to he loved to throw to Greg, Greg Olson, oh, so God. he loves his tight ends. So I, I I really like Ian Thomas moving forward. I actually just traded for him this week in a dynasty league. I like uh, it because I'm I I like the opportunity that's going to be there. I know that rookie season he got thrown in. You know, was I think it was the all or nothing the Carolina. Yeah, um, yep. and they didn't shine him in the best light. <laughs> but again, he was a rookie, really not expected to make a contribution his rookie season. Mm-hmm. Greg Olson got hurt, obviously, got thrown in there. Did okay, but he definitely did flashed right. last year. Um, definitely took a step forward, which was very encouraging to see. He didn't look as consistent, obviously, as Greg mm-hmm. Olson did when he was right. on the field, but you wouldn't expect that from a second-year guy. Right, and with a, a backup quarterback guy. playing most of the season as well, you know, totally different scenario. Okay, if Cam is back and playing, do you project him to be a top-12 guy? <sighs> I don't know. He could be. It'd be damn close. I mean, he'd be right on that cusp of like ten to twelve to fourteen ish, like right in that. There's right in that such range. a juicy puddle of guys around really that is. region where it's like I don't know who is going to be above or or below it, but I think they'll all be in that exact. And it's probably going to come down to the 
not sticky stat of touchdowns. Mm-hmm. It's going to come down to one or two extra touchdown catches. I believe that. But they'll probably all be in that relatively same area as far as like receptions and yards come the end of the season. Fantasy points wise, I bet they're all within like a point. So close. Um, so get as I guess just that's what I'm doing. I'm going and getting as many guys mm-hmm. as I can, as many dart throws as I can out of this group. Right. Because one of them's going to hit. Right. And and especially, too, if, you know, guys ahead of them get injured, mm-hmm. God forbid, we don't ever hope for injury. No. But if they're season-ending injuries, all of a sudden these guys will automatically bump up in the rankings mm-hmm. and, and the fantasy finishes come the end of next season. So, so injury-prone guys mm-hmm. like Hunter Henry mm-hmm. and like Evan Ingram – Keep an eye for them to get slotted down exactly. a little ways. And then, you know, maybe don't go after those guys in the mid-rounds mm-hmm. of your redraft next year. Wait. Wait it out uncomfortably right. long so you can take one or a couple of these guys. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, we did it. I think we did better than just doing we, it. I we, think we made it through the it. tight ends here. Oh, man. I need, a, I need another half beer <laughs> after that. So, next week, we're going to do a little 2019 rookie review. I am excited for next week's episode. There's going to be a lot to talk about for next week. Yeah, it's going to be hard to get it condensed down into a timely timely episode here. We can do it. Or we just just go for the fucking duration and just it's a five-hour episode and just guys. give our give our listeners everything they ever hope for with us that's right but yeah so we'll be doing rookie review looking back at last season's rookies and um where they were drafted how they finished where we see them moving forward uh to the future yep. so that's coming up next week after that we'll have some free agency preview lots of stuff coming up here uh, it's kind of an exciting time of year yeah there's like this tiny little lull right now but it's about to get a little crazy, mm-hmm. which I'm always all about. Absolutely. So please go out there. So give us a subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts. Give us a rate and review. Tell your friends about us. Share the podcast with your friends. Don't all, hoard it. Yeah, yeah. I tell you this all the time. Stop hoarding it. Although they they are listening, they're not hoarding quite as much. Mm-hmm. We are follower count on the old Twitter bug. Yes, uh, hit a milestone. So hopefully we can hit a whole bunch more. Yes, thanks to all of our followers that got us up over a thousand. Finally, finally hit that uh, threshold. So thank you. Very cool. We appreciate every single one of you out there. We expect every thousand plus of you to download and listen to these episodes multiple times, however. That's right. So that's Do it on multiple platforms. There you go. But uh, you can find us on Twitter at Drinking Fantasy. And you can find me at FF Dusty Dog. And you can find me at Jake Trowbridge. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. Woo!